Welcome to our third episode of What You Don't Know. Our guest this week is Jeremy Aker, an ECOT parent and founder of ECOT Pals website. And I'm going to spell Pals for all of you who think my Southern Ohio accent says something different, but it's ECOT and it's Pals, P-A-L-S. Jeremy also brought with him his daughter, Celia, a ninth grader here at ECOT. So we're thrilled to have Jeremy and Celia with us today. But before I get to them, I want to respond to an editorial that appeared this week in the Akron Beacon Journal. So many of the articles that come out today are full of half-truths and incorrect assumptions. Believe me that these articles are written for sensationalism, and uh, they do not care what the facts of the case are. They are sensational, and they have a dramatic storyline. Well, the thing that probably bothered me the most about the Akron Beacon Journal article is they ask ECOT to do the honorable thing and drop our lawsuit against the Ohio Department of Education. Well, my response would be maybe the Akron Beacon Journal should do the honorable thing and actually report the facts of the case instead of making up their own facts for their stories. The true fact of the case is that the Ohio Department of Education has asked ECOT to retroactively produce attendance logs stating that a student has to be online five hours a day for a total of 920 hours a year, and they did not ask us to produce those records until July 5th of this year for the previous school year. That, those, those are the facts of the case. It's very simple. To go and ask us to do things retroactively or to ask any school, e-school, to do it retroactively is simply wrong. And I think everyone that I talk to understands that very quickly. So to the editors of the Akron Beacon Journal, we will continue doing the honorable thing. We will defend our students and our parents' right to the most appropriate public education that they deserve. ECOT will do the right thing, and we will defend them and fight every step of the way. So with that being said, let's transition now to our uh, guest that we have today, Jeremy Aker and his daughter, Celia. Um, Jeremy, tell me a little bit about the founding of ECOT Pals. Absolutely. Well, ECOT Pals started back in February of this year, and um, after watching actually for a couple years now how the media has misrepresented the teacher and student experience, uh, and the parent opinion of ECOT uh, over the last couple years. And it's not just the media, it's some politicians over at the State House too. Um, I just kind of became fed up with reading one side of the story over and over again. And what I, what I failed to see in every article uh, and every statement from, from those politicians was any fair representation of the actual uh, teacher-student experience at ECOT. And I felt like there needed to be a place where uh, folks like me, uh, my daughter, um, the teachers at the school here had a had a voice, um, and uh, so so we got that started. And you know the group is comprised of uh, parents, students, past graduates. Uh, we have teachers, and then a variety of other just supporters of public school innovation and school choice in Ohio. And Jeremy, maybe I should back up just a bit. Um, what does PALS stand for? It stands for Parents, Alumni, and Supporters. Great. So these are when you when you see anything that comes out from ECOT Pals, you're getting face fronts, direct testimony from people that have real experience with this school in various capacities. Now I know from reading some of the articles and and seeing your comments where you've argued with people and and given them facts that they don't like to hear, 
Um, the, the immediate attack that I see to you is that you must be paid, bought and paid for by ECOT. Yeah. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, I don't see you anywhere on, well, the, on the check registry. I, you know, I'm invested in ECOT uh, with, with my own child. And I think that the problem that a lot of those people who attack me have is that my family is the epitome of school choice. I have two students enrolled in traditional brick-and-mortar schools. Uh, I have Celia here who's enrolled at ECOT. This is her fifth year. Uh, And then I have two more coming up into the public education system. So while the other side likes to draw a line and pick a side uh, when it comes to the debate about charter schools in the state, they have a really hard time arguing with me. So, Jeremy, you have children in all types of public schools, whether it be charter or traditional public. How how do you see this funding issue affecting you as a parent? Well, it's, it's... it's interesting because they're using rules and questions of funding to dismantle school choice. And, and from my understanding, you know, school choice is something that was introduced to the state of Ohio a number of years ago because of a need. Um, and it's something that was supported uh, because of a need. And, and be, you know, my family um, takes advantage of that as well as 124,000 other families in the state. Um, so for them to be using this retroactive rule as a way to rip funding away uh, is preposterous. My, my daughter uh, here would be considered a hero student, a superstar student at a traditional brick-and-mortar school. Now, this is based on the state testing standards and the amount of work and effort she puts in. But because she's at ECOT and because of a technicality and, and, a, and a really poorly designed rule, um, she would be considered truant at ECOT for not spending a full five hours in front of a computer screen burning her eyes out. And, and as a result of that, they want to rip the funding away from her um, and, and uh, this school, which is just completely out of line. So, Celia, I'm going to transition to you for a little bit. Tell me what an average day for a ninth grade ECOT student would look like. Usually, I will have a few live sessions in the morning, and the live sessions are where you have teachers teaching you the content. Your classmates are also there, too, so it's a really interactive experience. Um, After those live sessions, I will usually do my assignments, I'll read my lesson pages, I'll also watch some of the videos. Um, After I do that, I might have some more live sessions in the afternoon, and depending on what day it is, I might have some clubs to attend as well. Um, The great thing about ECOT, again, is that it's flexible, so you can base your school life off of your daily life. So, Celia, one of the things that, that has come up in the course of this lawsuit is the state saying that a student can only count for five hours of documented learning time. I know that there are probably some days that you spend five hours online, but there may be a day that you spend two hours online. But that doesn't mean you're not doing other stuff related to your schoolwork. How often do you, are you on the computer for two or three hours a day, but yet doing something related to that course or one of your subjects offline for hours. I mean, can you kind of explain some some of that aspect of it? Sure. That happens all the time. Usually I'll be on my computer for a few hours. And then afterwards, I have extracurricular activities. I have sports. I have other projects that I do that are away from the computer. And those are also counted as learning because you're learning all the time. So those things should also be counted towards the five hours. Sure. And, and you know what the state's response to that is? The state's response is, if you will take the time to fill out a form and document every 15 minutes that you did something offline during a day, 
and then have, since you're not 18, then have your parents sign it, then they will accept those hours as long as a certified teacher then accepts that the parent and student actually did what they said on the form, which, of course, the teacher has no idea if you did. To me, that request is actually just shows exactly how out of touch the Ohio Department of Education is. The best way, if the Ohio Department of Education really has an interest in learning about how ECOT operates, the best way is to come here and learn, spend time with the teachers and the students, and, and, and have an understanding of what actually happens in a typical school day. Adding another layer of paperwork, it just, again, it's just, that's just a ridiculous approach to try to get to what they're, they're saying they're trying to get to. So... Jeremy, we heard Celia's answer about her, her five-hour day, and you know some news articles have referred to her as being a phantom student or not a real student and, and not qual- basically the offline hours that she described may not count toward funding for the Ohio Department of Education. How do, how do you feel about that as a parent? It, it, it's insulting, you know, um, not only to my family and uh, the choices that we've made um, – but to, to her as a student, she's obviously not a ghost. You know, she's right here. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's insulting to the future of education, you know, to, to actually paint students in our state um, in, it was, was, with such a, a black, and, black and white stroke as far as whether or not they're attending an online school based upon screen time is just ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I, when, when, when I first understood the rule, I had to sit back and think about it. You know, how much direct instruction do my traditional students, uh, my other children get? Do they get five hours of actual teacher-led instruction each day in their schools versus Celia? And, and the more I thought about it, even talked to them, I realized that they don't. You know, their, their days are mixed with a variety of other things. Um, just like my daughter's is. But, the, you know, that's just even scratching the surface. One of the great things about uh, the flexibility of ECOT is that Celia is able to be more involved with our family. And you know, we just added a new baby brother um, to her life. And Congratulations. Thank you. Periodically throughout her school day, she's helping out um, and bonding with her, her, her baby brother. Um, the, the flexibility um, allows her to be more engaged with her education at whatever time of day it happens or whatever amount of hours it takes. Um, and even beyond that, it changes over time. So, you know, what may, a certain lesson that she may be really comfortable with may take her an hour today, but then next quarter there's a lesson that she needs to spend more time on. She can dip in and out and put three hours at a lesson that day. So the Ohio Department of Education has just shown their, they have a complete disconnect with how modern-day education operates. Uh, and how you can have a flexible learning environment for students like my daughter and the thousands of other students that attend ECOT. Great. Has your group ever engaged with any members of the legislature? Absolutely. So we have a couple tools on our website that our members of our community can use to direct connect to their legislators. We're constantly uh, encouraging the community to reach out uh, and speak to their legislators in a variety of methods. Uh, Me personally, it's about once a week. Um, I go out and talk to different legislators, and usually it's the ones who are making public statements about the school. And in some cases, they're not exactly accurate, uh, like uh, uh, Senator uh, Schiavone from the Youngstown area. I've actually reached out to him directly on Facebook and via Twitter and a variety of mechanisms trying to get his attention uh, and call out some of the things that he's saying publicly um, and let him know that there there are different experiences, there are different opinions, and encourage him to to come and visit 
the classes and the students and the teachers at ECOT. To this point, it's been unsuccessful with, with Senator Schiavone. He's not very responsive, um, but uh, we have definitely made some, some stronger connections with other, other legislators. You know, along that same line, I, I want to add, um, I found it really interesting. I actually wrote a letter myself uh, based on one of Senator Schiavone's articles that was printed as a letter to the editor in several of the Gannett papers that went across the state. And when I wrote my response, because there were incorrect facts in the article, and I supplied the true facts of the case, I got a letter back from the editorial boards of the papers wanting me to cite and show them where my facts came from. And I did. I provided the report card from the Ohio Department of Education website, but then I brought to their attention there must be two sets of standards that the newspaper editorial boards use because obviously they didn't check the senator's facts before printing his article, but yet I had to prove my facts because I'm a superintendent of a school. Just thought that was odd. I don't know if you run across that yeah. as well. Well, yeah, and it's um, it, there's there are some strong narratives out there that run against um, what's actually happening at ECOT. And what you see is you see a lot of regurgitation, as I call it, and you see a lot of you know, somebody saying one thing, and, and, and it's terribly irresponsible for a senator or anybody to get out there and misrepresent public education. I mean, there are real people involved. There are real students involved. But what happens is, is that becomes a snowball effect, and then now you have other news agencies picking it up and citing. And I think this was part of, actually, your, your yes. response was kind of the snowball effect and the telephone game that happens. And now you have this mass... Of, of media out there that's based upon uh, incorrect information. And, and some of the examples of that are the graduation rate discussions, where you'll have, it could be somebody as big as the New York Times, or it could be the Columbus Dispatch, who will put a half stat in their paper with quotes around it and, and reference the Ohio Department of Education. And then now you've got it rolling on Twitter and Facebook and in all these other articles. Well, the New York Times said this, or the Dispatch said that. The reality of it is if you look past the stat and talk about how it's calculated, right. there's a number of arguments about the, the efficacy of that stat or how much it really means or how much it really applies to schools like ECOT. But we never make it past the headline or the soundbite. Um, and, and for senators and representatives to be out there saying things to their constituents that are false um, and then to be censoring constituents from asking them fair questions like when will you come to class at ECOT when will you see what we see when will you experience what a live online classroom looks like in 2016 to just dismiss us and block us and ban us um, I mean it's definitely helping me decide who I'm going to be voting for exactly now I would like to move on to Rick's raves this week I would like to spotlight student Isabella Ladowska a third grader at ECOT from Cleveland Recently, Isabella participated in Dick Goddard's Fox 8 News Animal Protective League Telethon. Boy, that's a mouthful. She was inspired to start raising money after she heard about an injured cat who was shot with an arrow. As a father of a daughter of a cat lover, I understand exactly where Isabella was coming from. She started donating items to help in the recovery of the cat and also did a hot chocolate stand to raise money for the APL. 
You can see the video about Isabella and her cause by visiting fox8.com and searching her name, Isabella Ladowski. Thank you, Isabella, for being a fine example for all the young ECOT students. Your act of kindness makes us very proud. In closing, I would like to thank Jeremy and Celia Aker for being here with us today. If in the future that you want to ask me a question or have me respond to anything, leave a comment. Uh, you can hashtag Rick Responds, and I will be happy to respond to your question or read your comment. Make sure that you follow this episode and past episodes, either on Facebook or on iTunes. Just search ECOT or What You Don't Know. Jeremy, uh, before we leave, how does somebody find out about more about ECOT Pals? Well, the, the first place you would go is ecotpals.org. That would be the website. Uh, there's a ton of tools there for you to use and, and things to read. And then also on Facebook, uh, searching ECOT Pals on Twitter. Uh, and we're starting a YouTube channel as well, which will, you'll see some more content there. But uh, it, it's hard not to find us. Great. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll see you next time.